0: Welcome to the Sugar Hill Church podcast. We hope and pray this message challenges and inspires you to live out God's truth in your life. I know everybody on the planet wants something better. I mean, don't you really? I mean, seriously, I don't know anybody that doesn't want either a uh, a better job, a better car, I want I want a better yard I want a better home uh, I, I want a, I want a better marriage whatever it is and I think better comes into kind of like three categories so there's a, one over here that's like I want to be a better me you know how do I make me a better me what, what do I do there and then the, then the middle category is kind of I'd like to have a better y'all which might be marriage or family or church or whatever and then you've got another category over here that's I want better stuff Right, and all three of them kind of exist within us at the same time. Like over here in the stuff, I want a boat, or I want a better car, or I, I, I I want a newer home, whatever that might be. Over here in the y'all category, it might be I I want a better marriage, I I want a better family, I want my kids to stop driving me crazy, you know. And then over here, I got to work on me. I want a better me. Well, we're entering into this uh, teaching series this week entitled "Better," but you know, better is a lot like art. Art is seen as the beauty in the eye of the what? Beholder, right. Yeah, well, frankly, so is better. Better is experience in the life of the one that is longing for it. So better takes on a whole lot of, of meaning. So if you live in Clarkston, Georgia, and you're a refugee from Somali, then you have a different view of better than if you live in River Club in Swanee right okay so if you live if you live in Kenya today you have a better view of better than if you live in Sugar Hill Georgia today I can keep going with the comparison but you get the gist right better is different for everybody but for the purpose of this teaching series what if we were to stand back for a minute and say let's define better what if better could be greater peace in your life I think we'd, we'd all agree, let's, we need more peace in our life. Everywhere I turn, when I ask somebody, how are you doing? I would say about half of the people go, I'm great. And they're lying through the teeth. And the other, other half is kind of like, oh, you don't even want to know. And when they say it, I really don't. I mean, isn't that true? I mean, the minute, the minute somebody gets all hangdog on you, it's like, no, you know, pull the pin, fire in a hole, we're out of here. But I believe when we define better, we're talking about more peace in our life less chaos in our life, better relationships in our life, healthier habits in our life, and happier days in our life. If we could work through that list, wouldn't we all agree that if I could do something that would fix those four, if in that area I could have, have a greater peace, five, less chaos, better relationships, healthier habits, happier days. If I could look at those five items and I knew that I could be on a path where those things could be something that I owned, something that I resonated with, something I experienced. And if I could tell you the prescription and you could write, I could write that script and you would get it filled today, you'd start taking it. Because I don't know anybody that's not looking for something better. I mean, if you knew you could, I'll promise you, you would take that pill. But the fact is, most of us understand that life doesn't work that way. Like, think of it this way. You cannot run a marathon and eat donuts simultaneously for six months up to the marathon. Are you with me? Right. You cannot lose 100 pounds and still eat Big Macs every day for lunch. Are you with me? You cannot ride by the Krispy Kreme place when the red hot sign is on and stop every time, even though when you get a dozen, you don't even have to start chewing till number seven. I know that on personal experience. So if we knew we could take a handful of many habits and really start and turn our life toward these items, greater peace, less chaos, better relationships, healthier habits, happier days, I think we would get all about it and we would get into that. Well, I wanna share with you today what I am convinced is better that gives you these things. But now watch this. I do believe that this is one of those prescriptions that you have to take over a long period of time before you see the results of it. And so Eugene Peterson wrote a great book entitled A Long Walk in Obedience. And I think that's what we're talking about here. When we look for better, there is no immediate cure, and yet we can find some small wins along the way. I think many people, when it comes to spiritual processes, we, we have this picture that, okay, I'm going to turn my life around, and I'm going to be an extraordinary super Christian, and I'm going to stop doing everything bad, and I'm going to read an entire book of the Bible this morning, and I'm going to spend an hour in prayer. And when I do that, God's just going to rain down glory on my life, and I'm never going to have any problems. Well, one, A, that's not the way it works. Two, you wouldn't make it one day. Did you know that by and large, the Pew uh, research firm says that in a church like this, that really about three and a half percent of the people in a church like this read their Bible consistently each day for something other than preparing to teach or preach. Now think about that. So for us to take one small mini habit to say, I'm going to start reading the Bible, for many of us, that would be a start, but we've got to take it in bite sizes. We've got to create some mini habits. So like this year, I I wanted to get stronger. and, uh, And so at the first week of the year, I started doing five squats, five push-ups, and you know what? It was about all I could do. Well, this morning I hit another team. I added one per week. So this morning, 25 and 25, and I just kept moving forward. So by the end of the year, I should be able to do 57 in one setting, then just keep on adding to it. You know what I found? When you start with something small enough that you can do and you commit to add to it, you can keep growing. I think that's the way this prescription works. I believe the first step in having a better life is to introduce to our life the art and activity of meditation. Now, before you check out on me, let me just stop and say, I'm not speaking in terms of how many of us take that word. I think some of us see that word and we, we kind of see in the back of our mind, Deepak Chopra, and we see our hands like this. You know, We got incense floating up in there and we're going, right? And if that's how you see meditation, just get out of that. The scriptures, going all the way back to the psalmist and before, speak about meditating on the things of God. Now, don't get me wrong. If you want to go, mm, knock yourself out, right? But the minute this brain in this body starts going to that, mm, my brain is gone. I've, I've got 14 exit ramps that I can take at any second. And all of them are away from the one thing I'm trying to focus on. I mean, I don't know anybody else like that. Do you? Yeah, your husband. I just saw 14 wives go... Listen to that one. Yeah, and I saw 12 husbands going, I did. So welcome home, we're so glad you're here. But I wanna introduce you to this concept of meditation. I believe though for us to meditate, we need four things going on simultaneously in our life. One, I believe for us to physically be able to have a better us and introduce meditation into our life, knowing that only three and a half percent of us actually read the Bible. On a daily basis, let's take a look at what this means. I believe it is a place and a time in which we set determination and focus on this one thing that we are going to settle into a spirit of gratitude and quietude. I believe we're going to settle into a spirit of quietude and gratitude. These two go hand in hand. Now, listen, I had six daughters in the house at one time. I know how a house can be crazy. I know what it's like to live in a PMS factory. I know how this works. I know, I, we had two dogs and one of them was gay and it was just crazy how it worked. I mean, really things are just out of control in our house. When they were all home and when they still come home, Jenny and I are so happy to have them. We are equally happy when they leave. This is a great season in life. But you know what I learned in all of that? That if you want to find a season of quietude, you can find it because it is more an attitude than it is a location. The other morning, Jen, Jenny and I were, were in our morning meditation time. We're sitting on the back porch, and where we live, man, there was construction going on right behind us. And it was comical trying to stay focused, but we could right there. And, and all I would say to you is don't let that, if you've, you've got preschoolers, you've got elementary schoolers, you've got high schoolers leaving early, you can find a spot of quietude anytime in your day, find where that's at. Secondly, find a, a, a spirit of gratitude. What I have discovered is when I am grateful, what I have is more than enough. And when I'm not grateful, I always seem to want more. And what I really found is I've never found somebody who's was in a rotten stinking mood when they were genuinely grateful. I have never found somebody that spoke to people in a way that was, that was belittling or hurtful. I've never found somebody that was frustrated with bigotry and racism. I've never found that in the life of somebody who is continually grateful. Now, most of the times we think of grateful and we have to have the Jesus answer which is, okay, I need some deep theological purpose for which today's happening. It's Tuesday morning, it's 6.15 a.m. And what I'm to be grateful for is I'm deeply grateful for, and you start logging all the dogma you've heard from preachers far and wide. That's not the goal. The goal is what are you grateful for? What are you grateful for? This morning when I started writing inside, inside of my daily planner, I thought this is what, I, I was grateful for help yesterday. We're trying to turn a warehouse into a wedding venue for one of our daughters getting married, May 6th, and we, friends came over and made all, I was so grateful for that. You know what else I was grateful for this morning? I was grateful for coffee. Man, it was good this morning, you know? Find those things you're really grateful for. Let it become a habit. We enter into a spirit of gratitude and quietude. Secondly, we settle into a simplistic way to read the word of the divine. We find a way that is simple to introduce reading scripture into our life. And you say, Well, Chuck, I've never been able to do that. I don't know where to start. I don't know what it means. I don't so let me give you a couple just Quick tips that'll help you. One, if you like reading it on a phone or a tablet, that's awesome. If you need a handheld Bible, that's awesome. Those shouldn't matter, but get to a source that you can read that is simplistic and you can make applicable in your life. So more often than not, I recommend to people, start off with something like a New Living Translation. And when you do, it's, in more, it's more current in it's verbiage. And so just start right there. But whatever you do, don't determine that you're gonna read a book every day. The the goal is not to get through the book. The goal is to let the book get in you. And when the book gets in you, then what we find out that when Scripture says that it's like a two-edged sword, it cuts through to the bone and the marrow, what it's saying is that it's alive and it's well and it's working in our life. You see, it's one thing to know that the Bible says Holy Bible on it. It's an entire another thing to consume it with the desire for it to be changing and working In your life. It's a totally different process. That's why we say at Sugar Hill Church, the Bible is a big deal. Why is it a big deal? Because when we consume it, not for the purpose of putting a check mark or trying to say, I memorized it, but that it might apply in our everyday life, now it's a big deal. And then when we move from having quietude, when we move from having gratitude, when we get to reading scripture, then we move to praying with specificity. What specifically would we pray for? And I'll walk through you with that in just a minute. And then finally, the part that's the most difficult in my Christian walk, which is to listen for wisdom. And if you can tell, one of the most difficult things in my life is to shut up. Is to just hush and hear from the divine. See, here's what happens, I think, a lot of times. I hear this from folks all the time where they'll say, you know what, Chuck, I, I don't think I've ever heard from God. I'll ask three questions. One, have you had a time where you stopped talking so you could? Number two, did you expect to hear anything? And number three, do you have a relationship with God to the degree that you know you could hear him and you would know his voice? And for many people, when you work through those three, it's like, oh, I know it. The number one question people ask me when they get to my office is, Chuck, how can I know that I know that I know that this is what God wants me to do? Well, the first thing I'm gonna ask them is, how long has it been since you spent some time in God's word? And normally it's like, well, you know, I, it's a little bit and I'm reading Jesus Calling. And then I would say, look, let's dig and let's have a willingness, just let that, let that scripture permeate our life. So what I wanna ask you to do today is go on this little journey with me and I've given you four reasons today as to why meditation is valuable to you. So if you're following on the app in the message notes, just hang in there with me. Four reasons why we should meditate. Now, all of these did not come from scriptural reference, but I'm going to back them up with scriptural reference. They came from scientific work and almost every study you look on, on the process of meditation would support these four things. Number one, meditation makes you happier. Just think about that. So if you're in here and you're sitting with your spouse and you want them to be happier tomorrow, just reach over and pat them on the hand. Go ahead. Yeah, I saw that. No, not the head, Ron, the hand. Yeah, there you go. All right, now you would say, Chuck, okay, that is total bull. There is no way that works. Well, listen to this. This is what scientists have discovered. That meditation causes the pituitary gland in our brains to secrete endorphins, and they help elevate mood, have a positive effect on the whole body and it also alters brain activity to enhance the area associated with positive emotional experience not to mention this is what god has to say in the book of the proverbs chapter 3 in verse 1 my child never forget the things i have taught you store my commands in your heart and if you do this you'll live many years and your life Will be satisfied now watch this you may say well you know that word from god that doesn't apply to me chuck this whole meditation thing i don't have time to be happier i only have time to be miserable because you see we, we literally do find what we're looking for what we always find is what we are headed toward what we find is exactly what happens in our life And if if in our life we have this perspective, you know, Chuck, I don't need to be happier. I'm perfectly content. Life could not be any better. My kids are all doing perfectly. I make more money than I could ever hope for. My house is ideal. My marriage is perfect. I mean, all my employees or my boss love me. Then let me just stop and say, number one, what are you doing here? Because when I look around this room, I would say there are people who know the reality that A, you're either going into the middle of a mess or you are in the middle of a mess or you're just climbing out of a mess waiting for the next mess. Because all of life is a season of going from one to the other, to the other, to the other. But what if you could have a plan that would say, okay, wait a minute, I could be happier at any level if I simply introduced meditation in my life. Number two, it's not just being happier. I love this one. That science has proven that the art and the practice of meditation reduces your stress. Come on, it's it's worth it for that. Did you know that meditation is 100% cheaper than any drug? And don't get me wrong, I believe there are folks who need Medications. I, I promise you there's been a season in my life where I did. But if I knew that I could reduce my stress by introducing meditation into my life, knowing those same endorphins, as they are released, I, they are reducing stress levels in the brain. So by meditating, you can stop worrying about all the little things in life and concentrate on the exploration of what the divine has and the plan for your life. Okay, Chuck, we'll back that one up with Scripture. Well, take a look at what Joshua wrote in Joshua 1, verse 8. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night, so you'll be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. So science says, happier. Science says, less stress. God's word says, if you wanna live a satisfying life, if you want to succeed, introduce the concept of meditation into your life. So far, I don't think any of us would say, I got, I got all the happiness I could handle. I, I am so chill, nothing phases me. Because if you're saying that, then you think that we have introduced weed being legal in this state. And we all know it's not. So we see stress levels out the wazoo. Do you know how many couples or people I'll meet with this week? And inevitably what it comes down to is somebody's gonna say in my office repetitively, I am just so riddled with anxiety. And if God's word and science comes together like hand in glove and says, you can have more happiness, you can have less stress, and then number three will help you focus, I think we'd be on it. What if you knew you could focus on your task and improve your efficiency and your effectiveness Simply by introducing the art and activity of meditation. Because you see, meditating allows you to learn how to discipline yourself, and this alone can reflect in your everyday lifestyle. I mean, seriously, when you address tasks, your mind will focus more naturally and you will experience an energized a more increased efficiency. Well, Chuck, how could you possibly think that? The psalmist said in the very first psalm. Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with the mockers, but they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They're like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither. And listen to this, and they prosper in all they do. I don't know anybody that woke up this morning and said, I, my goal today is to fail miserably. Every person I know got up and thought, I'm gonna kill it today. And it may be you're gonna kill it with a nap, but you had in your mind, this is what I'm going to do. Listen to the last one. This is just blows my mind. Did you know that meditation can actually improve your sleep? Come on now, I I don't know how many of you take something to keep you asleep or get get you to sleep, but based on national averages, somewhere between a third and a half of this congregation in this room right now, and the one at 9.30, and the one over in the chapel now happening as well, all of those folks, somewhere between a third and a half take something to either go to sleep or stay asleep. Listen to what science says about being able to improve your sleep through meditation. Scientific studies have shown that those who meditate enhance their slow wave sleep pattern, which can help fight insomnia and furthermore, focusing the mind on mental, spiritual, and physical processes will aid relaxation and consequently sleep. Well, what does the scripture say about that? In Psalm chapter 16, verse 8, I keep my eyes always on the Lord and with him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. You know what happens to me when I get where I am anxiety riddled, when I am frustrated, when I'm all stressed out, my body starts to do several things. One, I stutter a little bit and my jaw starts, like that a little bit, my hand's shake a little bit. I get a cup of coffee and I'm twitching a little bit and anxiety is riddled. I feel like I got got bullfrogs, a combo of bullfrogs and butterflies working in my chest. And when I am anxiety riddled, the last thing I am is unshaken. I am thoroughly shaken. And the scripture says, okay, but wait a minute. What if I didn't have to be that way? What if I introduce meditation into my life as a daily practice in earnest, inviting the creator and sustainer of the universe into my life? and mine into his life, and that throughout the day, I knew I could take a season of meditation and make me happier, stress less, focus more, and sleep better. I think we'd all jump on that. So here's what I want us to do today. This a little different different kind of service. Whatever's in your hands, just set it down. Set it in one of those empty teal chairs that folks didn't come back from Easter from, or put it on the floor, or just kind of get get freed up here, all right? So I wanna show you how simple it is to step into a season of meditation. Because some of you are thinking, Chuck, I don't have an hour. You're right, not asking for it. Chuck, I don't have a half an hour. You're right, not asking for it. Chuck, I, I've never read the Bible every day. I don't even know where I'd start. Got it. Chuck, I'm not even sure I believe the Bible. Got it. But what if, what if we could show you how simplistic this process is? So do this for me. Just kind of put your hands in your lap and uh, just close your eyes. Just be still for a minute. Draw a deep breath in through your nostrils. Hold it for a half second. Let it out slowly through your mouth. Nothing magic about this. It's just simply going from one room to another room. Another breath. Slowly out. Another breath. Slowly out. Listen to this text. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. Just keep your eyes closed Stay In that spirit of quietude, he existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things that we can't see such as thrones and kingdoms and rulers and authorities in the unseen world everything was created through him and for him he existed before anything else and he holds all creation together christ is also the head of the church which is his body he is the beginning supreme over all who rise from the dead so he is first in everything for god in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. And through him, God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. Would you just quietly kind of look up at me and don't lose the focus? Right after that text, it's always good to have something that kind of puts it into context. So let me just read what would be that context. Jesus was there at the creation of the world, and he will be there at its end. And that's why we refer to him as the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. That all of life was created through Jesus. Things that you can see and understand. Things that you cannot see and are yet to understand. The big aha in this is that Jesus Himself is the head of the church, not a priest, not a pastor, not a prophet—Jesus. We and all of life can have peace with the divine Creator through living, resting, and trusting in His Son, Jesus, and that includes you. You say, "Well, Chuck, if if, if I could just have that little..." piece of scripture and read that little understanding I, I could probably do this every day okay well guys pull that app up on the screen here's what we've tried to make this so easy for you just download the Sugar Hill Church app and every morning you can see the left hand arrow just says touch the daily aha and then it'll bring up the screen you see on the right it'll touch more notes pick the date you're on And as soon as you do that a piece of scripture about that long and a little explanation will be there about that long and then it will ask you in that spirit of quietude and gratitude what couple of things are you grateful for today and then it'll ask you a simple question what do you think god taught you through this today and then today i'm going to pray for these things so i thought it might be worthwhile for in the space where this is different for many of us, what would a prayer like that, like Chuck, what would one of your prayers sound like? And Jenny can tell you, I, I'm, I, I'm no great prayer warrior. I mean, I'm, if I'm hungry, my prayers get shorter. You know what I mean? But I thought I'd write this one down. This was, This was a prayer from last week. Lord, you're like nothing else. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for your never-ending patience with me. Please forgive my rotten attitude yesterday. Forgive my lack of faith in my finances. Lord, please bring Jenny healing and health today. Keep her in the palm of your hand and safe in your arms. Jesus, you can, and I believe you will, heal Susan. Lord, would you give her good news and courage today. God, today, As you know, my day is stupid busy. Will you infuse me with peace and patience, with strength and wisdom? I'm meeting with Sam and Hector, Jack and the Allens today. Would you go ahead of me and bring peace and clarity and wisdom? And would you bring that into their lives as well? Thank you for the privilege of serving Sugar Hill Church. I love my church. Will you provide a way to retire our debt, to better serve our community? and give us a lasting impact for your kingdom. Lord, I love you. Please go before me to stay within me and come along behind me that I might even feel your hand on my shoulder. In the name of Jesus, amen. You know how long that took according to uh, the clock on my phone here? From the time I got still to the time I'd gone through scripture, notes, prayer, gratitude, what I learned, recording all those things, all of that was just under 12 minutes total. You say, Chuck, I don't have 12 minutes. The Greek word for that is "Uh uh-uh, because you sure do. Because you see, we always make time for what we want. Guys, some of you guys can get up at 7 a.m. on Saturday because you got a tea time and you can't wait. That's awesome. So I guess it's an opportunity then to look and say what's more important. I'm willing to get up for that, but not this. I'm willing to get up and get out in the, in the woods to hunt, but I'm not willing to do this. And I guess I look at all that and I would say to myself, you know, there, this is a difficult process to look at and think, how would I how would I do this? Well, it really is simple as making a commitment. This isn't about getting more people on our app. I don't get paid more money if more people get on the app. That's your call. But what I do know is this. Of all the things that I could put out there for you that would say, I believe if you could do this one thing, your life would radically be better. I suppose it would have been a lot, it would have been more hip if I'd have said, man, Here's some cool dude's book and some hipster. If you get a hat like this and skinny jeans like that, man, you are on it. Or it could have been, you know what? If you chant this would be great. It would have been cool if I'd have said, man, if you would actually give, that'd be awesome. If you served in our nursery, that'd be great. If you had gone to Haiti with our team, that'd been awesome. If you'd be one of those coaches that serves all those kids at Lanier High School, how cool would that have been? But all those things are great. But none of them have the opportunity to change the nature of your life from the inside out, like asking and inviting God's word alive and well into your soul that it goes to work and it starts moving in your heart and things start to change in your life and better starts happening. Happiness comes along and lack of stress comes along with it. I'm not saying it's gonna be all peachy. Listen, I've been a believer for a long time and I have weeks that absolutely stink sometimes. But what I do know is in a consistency of meditation, I can tell you my life is 100% better. And if you don't have 12 minutes a day, here's what I know about you, all right? So just look right here, I'm almost done. Here's what I know about you. If you say, I don't have 12 minutes a day, what I know is you have zero relationship with God the Father. You have zero trust in God the Son and you have zero impact in your life from God the Holy Spirit. You say, well, Chuck, that's pretty bold. I didn't come here to get fussed at. I promise you, I'm not fussing at you. What I'm saying to you though is, when you pursue God, he has already started trying to pursue you. When you choose Jesus, he is already trying to knock on your door that you would answer. And when you surrender to the Spirit of God working in your life to say, I will make time, God the Father looks on you as he did his own son and said, I'm pleased with that boy, that kid, my boy, my kid, my girl, that kid. And I guess I'd look at all that and say, what do you have to lose? Seriously, if you're looking for a better life, what do you have to lose? So I want to invite you tomorrow morning, pull the app up read the text, read the explanation. What am I grateful for? Spend 12 minutes or less and don't, don't try to get all preachy about how you're, how you're going to pray. Just pray, just naturally pray. And I'll promise you, God will honor that in such an amazing way. Let's pray. God, today, I'm keenly aware that there are folks in here and They have no relationship with God whatsoever and they don't even know what to do with this. So Lord, I would just invite them now to follow me in this prayer and just, God forgive me. Jesus, thank you for dying for me. I'm so glad you were, you gave your life, you were buried for me and you came back to life that I might have life in abundance here and life eternal in heaven. And if those words ring true in your life, I just want to invite you to lift your hand right now so I can know who you are and pray for you. Yeah, 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 yeah. So Lord, do it only you can do. And give us a passionate heart to walk with you and to hear from you. In the name of Jesus, we pray, amen. Thanks for listening to the Sugar Hill Church podcast. For more information and to find out more about our church, please visit us at sugarhillchurch.com.